Welcome back, everyone, to the Center of College Football. I'm your host, Jeffrey Calhoun, recording, as always, from the Center of College Football, Lincoln, Nebraska. And I know I said that I wasn't going to create any more episodes until we got more answers on what was going on in the world of college football, but it turns out I am very bored, and I miss talking about college football, so I decided to make a second episode on conference realignment. Answers on how the season's going to go should be coming out this Friday for most conferences. I believe the NCAA released an announcement saying that conferences must make their decisions on what they're going to do by July 31st, which is this Friday, so we'll see what happens. But until then, I decided to make a second episode of conference realignment because there has been a lot of talk about conference realignment starting partially because of a disbanding of the Pac-12. Now, this was an idea I didn't really subscribe to. I like the theory more of the Big 12 disbanding because I think that there is a higher chance of that, or I thought there was a higher chance of that happening, and I still do, but, and because I, I thought geographically moving all the teams from the Pac-12 around would be much more difficult, but I think I finally cracked the code on how this could work and still make some geographical sense, so I thought I'd tackle it. Now, I think that we can all basically agree that conference realignment is going to start probably around 2025, 2026, when TV contracts are up, and I think it's going to kick off no matter what with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, whether it be for the Big 10 or the SEC, probably the SEC, because it competitively, financially, in every way really is a much more viable conference. Geographically, it makes more sense, and it... it it just seems like the most logical route for them. The only difference I feel is how the Pac-12 will deal with this. In my first theory, with the Big 12 remaining and the Pac-12 disbanding, or I'm sorry, with the P Big 12 disbanding and the Pac-12 remaining, the Pac-12 basically gobbles up a lot of the teams from the former Big 12. In this theory, it's basically flipped. And even though in this theory, the Big 12 will have more teams from the what would have been the Pac-12 than its original Big 12 teams. So, as I said before, I have, to kick this all off, Oklahoma and Texas bolting for the SEC. This conference that I have now made, still being the SEC, is exactly the same as the one from the last episode. In the SEC West, we're going to have Arkansas, LSU, Mississippi State, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Texas, and Ole Miss. And in the East, we will have Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky. Same thing. Geographically, it makes sense. Rivalry-wise, it makes sense. I'm going to have one cross-divisional rival for every single team in this conference. I'd probably do that for the other conferences, too, but this is the one that matters most, mainly because of Alabama and LSU. But the cross-divisional rivals I have here are going to be Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Arkansas, just because SEC West rivals, Auburn didn't have a big, huge fit here, and I wanted to keep some of the old cross-divisional rivals. We could flip it with Ole Miss and have Vanderbilt be in a battle with Arkansas, So, but that would just be a trashy game to watch. No one would watch that. Florida and Missouri, because I feel like that's an old SEC East rivalry, and Missouri kind of always has Florida's number. It's a fun game. Georgia-Oklahoma, just because of that 
Classic Rose Bowl, South Carolina, Texas A&M, just because that's an old rivalry. Same deal with Vanderbilt and Old Miss, as I said before. That's the old cross-divisional rivalry. And again, with Kentucky and Mississippi State. And I think Tennessee and Texas would be a fun one. These are both two teams that were very, very good in the early 2000s, late 90s, that really have been looking to get back for the past few years. I think it'd be a fun rivalry to have. So that is my SEC. Now, with that, the Big 12 is left with eight teams after those two leave. They have Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and West Virginia. I have West Virginia bolting to the ACC. I'll tackle that more in a second. And Iowa State bolting for the Big 10. Again, I'll tackle that more in a sec because I do want to talk about what's going to happen in the Big 12. Now, this kind of consolidates the conference a little more. Scaling it down to three states with those six teams remaining in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And I have them really, I have them gobbling up the entire original Pac-10. Yes, you heard that right, the entire original Pac-10. The entire Pac-12 minus Colorado and Utah, if you don't know the history of that conference. So, basically the new Big 12, even though there's not 12 teams, there's not 12 teams now, Anyway, would have the Big 12 Western Division be Cal, Oregon, Stanford, UCLA, USC, Washington, Washington State, and Oregon State. And the Big 12 East would be Arizona, Arizona State, Baylor, Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State. Now, the reason this wouldn't stay as the Pac-12 is because a lot of people do think that the Big 12 is the most, how do I say this, financially vulnerable conference. And while that might be true, I feel like the Pac-12 is kind of on the verge of crumbling. USC and Oregon, I feel like, are really their only national brands. USC's athletic director has come out and said, we are, quote, exploring all possible options, which is a polite way of saying we are looking for a financially good way to get the hell out of the Pac-12. And if they lose USC, the same thing is going to happen to them that almost happened to the Big 12 back in 2010 when Nebraska bolted. They're going to lose a blue blood program, even though both USC and Nebraska haven't been the best in the past few years before their departure. It's a blue blood program. It's a national brand, and they're going to be scrambling. And I don't think the Pac-12 is going to be out of that hole because get out, be able to get out of that hole because they don't have an Oklahoma or Texas holding them up. All they have is Oregon. Who is kind of an who is nowhere near an, as much of a national brand as Texas or Oklahoma, so these ten teams will go and operate under the Big Twelve. So all operations of the Big Twelve will be the same. I think Bowlesby will still be the athletic director, or I'm sorry, the Big Twelve commissioner for the Big Twelve, and this this will be the new Big Twelve. I think that they might come up with a new name. Uh, the Big Twelve does have that classic name to it. I've thought of some other names. I think. Um, adopting the Western Athletic Conference title would be kind of cool. Um, and as far as divisional names go, I think having the Big 12 Pacific Division for the Big 12 West, you know, basically eight of the 10 Pac-12 teams would be kind of cool to pay homage to that original, those original teams and having the Big 12 Southwest for the East since... Texas Tech and TCU and Baylor all used to be part of that conference would also be kind of cool. So with that, out of those Big 12 teams, 
there are two teams that we haven't covered where they're going to go, I'm, and those Pac-12 teams. So there's Colorado, Utah, Iowa State, and West Virginia kind of floating around in the abyss right now. So next for the Power 5 conferences, we'll go ahead and talk about the ACC. The ACC is going to be, again, the exact same as it was last time. I have the ACC adding West Virginia and stealing Maryland from the Big Ten. So, as I said in the last episode, I'm splitting it up to north and south because I hate the ACC's divisions. They are terrible, and I hate them. So, in the ACC South, we will have Clemson, Duke, Georgia Tech, Miami, North Carolina State, North Carolina, Wake Forest, and Florida State. And in the ACC North, we will have Boston College, Louisville, Pitt, Syracuse, Virginia, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and Maryland. I think that this is going to be a good addition for them. West Virginia, while yes, they didn't have the best season last year, is historically a pretty good football program, especially this last decade and a half. You know, they had that Orange Bowl season where they beat down on Clemson like nobody's business, knocked out Oklahoma in a New Year's Six Bowl. I'm blanking on which one back in 2007. Was a heartbeat away, or a given up touchdown to Oklahoma State away from making the Big 12 championship back in 2018. They're trending in the right, right direction. They had a very good quarterback in Will Greer. Maryland doesn't bring a lot to the table for football, but in lacrosse, in volleyball, in basketball, is pretty good to bring back. And Maryland has struggled a lot since coming to the Big 10. I think they've had one, maybe two winning seasons since entering the Big 10. So I think this is a slam dunk all the way around. And last but definitely not least is how this will affect the Big Ten. I have the Big Ten taking the last two teams from the Pac-12, Colorado and Utah, swooping them up, as well as Iowa State and Notre Dame finally deciding to join a conference. I think the reason Notre Dame has stayed independent so long is because they really don't want to be in the ACC for football because it's not really a great football conference. And there's a in their contract, there is a section that says if they are to join a conference before, I think it's 2025 or 2026, they have to go to the ACC. So they're going to wait for that contract to be up and join the Big Ten. Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait a minute, that's 17 teams. Yes, it is. Good job with your math skills. I actually have them kicking Rutgers. Uh, I know this kind of completely undoes the deal that was made in that era in 2014 where they grabbed both Maryland and Rutgers up, but they haven't brought much to the table for the Big Ten, and Maryland and Rutgers haven't really gotten anything out of it. They've both been terrible. They had both had a winning season. I think it was 2014, and even then, Rutgers had a losing season in conference play. They beat three teams. So how I have these divisions laying out are in the Big Ten West, Colorado, Nebraska. Yeah, we get that rivalry back. Iowa, Iowa State, now that rivalry's in conference play. Utah, Wisconsin, and Illinois. And in the West, or I'm sorry, the East, we have Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Purdue, and Penn State. I think this is going to be a slam dunk for them because they, yes, they lose the New Jersey and the Maryland market, Maryland's a decent market for recruiting, but New Jersey 
correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't seen a lot of recruits come out of there. And getting Colorado and Utah gets you closer and closer to that West Coast market. It's not as much as the Big 12 is going to get with controlling the California market, but it's something. And I think having a good defensive team like Utah that has been top 25 the last couple of years, almost made the playoffs last year, is good. Colorado, maybe not as much, but again, it's another geographical thing. It helps connect you to Utah. It's a, a fun team to have because Colorado always seems to pull off a couple upsets a year, and I think it'll be good for them. And yes, there's going to be cross-divisional rivalries. I haven't really decided what I want yet, mainly because there's not a ton of interesting ones, but yes, for you Northwestern and Illinois fans, in my perfect world of this, Northwestern and Illinois will keep their rivalry every Thanksgiving Saturday. So... With that, we'll go ahead and move on to how this is going to affect the group of five programs. In this scenario, I still think the AAC has a shot at becoming Power Five, but it's not as strong as it was before. I think they'll definitely try to make it, but not having Kansas and Kansas State might hurt them a little bit because they're not as big. They won't have these big brands can't talk today these big brand name programs like they would have had with the two kansas schools but i think they still have a shot especially with there only being four power five programs left to fill that void so the aac currently has 11 teams and in this theory i have them adding just like last time georgia southern appalachian state from the Sun Belt as well as James Madison, but instead of Kansas and Kansas State, I have them adding Liberty and Rutgers. First off, Georgia Southern and Appalachian State gets you in the Georgia market, which is huge because they don't really have any teams around there. They have, I mean, I think the closest is East Carolina, which is in North Carolina, or that's they have Tulane, which is three states away. Georgia's a huge market. And for a group of five program, it's huge. And Rutgers gets you that New Jersey market, which for a smaller conference is a big deal. It's not as big of a deal for a power five conference like the Big Ten, who has you know states like Ohio, like Michigan. So it would be nice. As well as the Virginia market with James Madison and Liberty. Liberty is becoming a solid group of five team. Their second year in the FBS, they went eight and five. That's nothing to scoff at. So as far as divisions go in the AAC West, it is Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, Houston, SMU, USF, UCF, Tulsa, and Tulane. And in the East, it's Cincinnati, ECU, Navy, Rutgers, Temple, Memphis, JMU, and Liberty. Pretty stacked conference. I mean, they have in this conference for teams that were in the top 25 at some point last year, there's, let's see, Appalachian State, SMU, UCF, Cincinnati, Navy, and Memphis. That is six teams that were in the top 25 last year, not to mention the national runner-up in the FCS. That's pretty. That's a pretty big deal. Um, and I forgot to mention this before. For simplicity's sake, like last time, I had the Sun Belt dissolving because I feel like I still feel like that is a just conference on the brink of collapse. And I do have every conference going to 16 teams, not 
per the rules of order and control of the NCAA, but just for the fact that I feel like it makes things simpler, it gets conferences a lot of teams. Next in the Mountain West, it's pretty similar. I believe it's almost the same as last time. The only difference is since the Pac-12 is dissolving in this situation, obviously Boise State's not going to go to the Pac-12. So the Boise, Boise State Broncos will stay in the Mountain West instead of swooping up Texas State like last time. So in the Mountain West, Mount West Division, West Division, I'm sorry, is Hawaii, Boise State, Fresno State, San Jose State, San Diego State, Nevada, UNLV, and Utah State. And in the Mountain West, West Division is Air Force, Colorado State, New Mexico, and Wyoming like before, and I have them crippling the Texas market of the Conference USA, getting Rice, UTEP, UTSA, and North Texas. I'm aware some of those aren't the biggest additions, but getting into that Texas market that you lost with TCU will be huge. North Texas isn't a bad team, and having more group of five teams than any group of five conference in the state of Texas is a big deal. It's a really big deal. So then as far as the Conference USA goes, looking at my notes, really the only difference from last time is instead of getting Arkansas State, they have Texas State. So the Conference USA West will include Louisiana Tech, UAB, Southern Miss, ULL, ULM, Texas State, Troy, and Middle Tennessee State. As I said before, the Conference USA is really going to be the one that cripples the Sun Belt. With them losing all those Texas schools, having Texas State is going to be big, so they have a small foothold there. And there have already been talks about the Conference USA and the Sun Belt kind of merging and splitting teams. So this is definitely a possibility. And then the East, it is going to be Charlotte, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, Marshall, Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, Coastal Carolina, and Georgia State. So yeah, in this scenario, they get six of the ten Sunbelt teams, I believe. Let me think. Yeah, because two of them go to the AAC. One will end up in the MAC that I'll cover in a sec. And I actually have one of them going independent. But as alluded to before, the next one up is the MAC. The MAC I have adding four teams. I have them adding Arkansas State because out of the Sunbelt teams, it makes geographically the most sense. It's two states away from the nearest team being Northern Illinois, which isn't crazy. Um, I have them adding Army because I didn't think Army would want to win a be in a conference before, but I think really after this year with COVID, they're going to want to look at it. Because Notre Dame, yeah, they have an agreement with the AACC, but not every independent has that, and they're going to be scrambling to try to fix their schedule with them losing Pac-12 and Big 12 team or Big 10 teams on their schedule, and possibly more. And being in New York, they have those really, really strict rules on COVID. You know, Oklahoma had to reschedule their game with Missouri State move that back a week to week zero so they could play Missouri State, fly out to Tennessee, quarantine there for two weeks, and fly out to New York after they play Tennessee and quarantine there for two weeks so they can play Army by abiding by those rules. 
and asking every team to do that is tough. So I think that Army fits in that area with having Buffalo and New York too. You'll have a good in-state rivalry to kind of kick things off. And Army is a good program, uh, both academically, athletically. They're great. I also have them adding two FCS programs, North Dakota State and South Dakota State, because if you remember from the last episode, I had them adding North Dakota State, UConn, UMass, and Liberty. But I think that you know North Dakota State would definitely be the odd one out geographically, and they still kind of are, but they have the Jackrabbits there to make it a little more consolidated, or not consolidated, but look cleaner. They have a border team. And they'll come up together. These are two of the best FCS programs in the nation. And I think it'll be fun. So in the Mid-American Conference, West is Ball State, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, Northern Illinois, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and Arkansas State. And in the Mid-American Conference, East is Akron, Bowling Green, Kent State, Miami, Ohio, Toledo, Buffalo, and Army. And I like this because just has always irritated me a little bit that all of the Ohio teams except Toledo are in the same division. So now they're all together, and it's all the Ohio and New York teams in one division and everyone else in the other, and I think that's a lot cleaner. So, yeah, those are all of the conference that are conferences that are going to be created from this, and with this, there are going to be five independents. I think BYU will stay independent just because it's really tough to accommodate their religious beliefs with playing because they're super hard and fast on that stuff. Not letting players play games on Sundays is really tough to accommodate. You know, I, I have to think a little bit outside of football, even though football is obviously my specialty. It's not like every sport only really plays on one day of the week. Basketball is played all the time, and it's kind of hard to accommodate for that. UConn, UMass, and New Mexico State, I feel like, aren't super lucrative programs at the moment. UConn, maybe, just because they're basketball. Um, but again, football's a big moneymaker. So UConn, it's possible with them joining a conference. But uh, currently, I have them staying independent, those three staying independent. And I have South Alabama, just like last time, going independent, just because I don't feel like a lot of conferences are going to want them. And frankly, I could see them dropping back to the FCS level. They're not a great team. And I just don't feel like a lot of conferences are going to want them. Maybe the Conference USA, if they decide they don't want Texas State. But I think the big problem with that is they won't have any teams in Texas. They'll already have two teams in Alabama with Troy and UAB. And those are infinitely better programs. So, yeah, that is my second idea for how conference realignment is going to work. Let me know what you guys think. You know, I have my... Instagram that you can message me on the underscore center underscore of underscore college underscore football underscore no no underscore after football I apologize but yeah um so if you have any questions ideas message me there and with that I am your host Jeffrey Calhoun as always reporting from the center of college football signing out <laughs>